Hello and welcome to Talking Tina. I'm your host, Tina Chitis. Thank you for tuning in. Today I have a special guest with me, Janae Johnson. Thank you, Janae, for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. And today we're talking about finding God in the midst of chronic illness. And I've known Janae for a very long time. Um, over, I don't know how old you are now. <laughs> I'm 24 now, and I think I was in the preteens. Okay, yeah. So maybe like so it's been a long since time. I was 10, maybe. Yes, yes it's been a long, With long my time. Sister. Yeah. So I've known Janae for a long time, and I asked Janae to join me today because I have known Janae for a while, but I've seen you persevere, overcome, and just your resilience and faith and life and school through the midst of battling a chronic illness. And I had asked Janae months ago, you got to join my podcast one day because I want you to be able to share your story with people who are also suffering through chronic illness and how to stay rooted in God um, and find him through those times of difficulty. So thank you so much for joining me today. Um, So why don't you share a little bit about your chronic illness when you discovered um, that you had one and kind of your initial responses to that? Yeah, Um, so I am type one diabetic, which means that I am insulin dependent. Uh, My pancreas does not produce insulin like a normal pancreas should when you um, introduce food to your body, carbohydrates and stuff like that. Your pancreas starts working and starts to uh, balance your blood sugars and so that your body can work as it's supposed to. And so mine does not do that at all. And so I have to introduce artificial insulin in order to allow my body to maintain that balance, which is what makes your organs uh, work properly. Got it. So um, I do wear an insulin pump, uh, which is continuously pumping Mm -hmm. insulin through my body like a working pancreas would do. Okay. Um, And I also wear a continuous glucose monitor so that I don't ever have to prick my finger. Mm -hmm. Um, It goes right to my... Uh, iPhone or my watch wow, um, okay. so I can know my blood sugar mm-hmm. at all times mm-hmm. um, let's see it with type 1 diabetes in particular it's usually it's usually called juvenile diabetes and so it's usually in kids not all the time there's mm-hmm. exceptions mm-hmm. but for the most part it's usually just um, kids and it is uh, biological meaning when you think of diabetes, you're probably thinking about type 2. A grandparent has it, something like that. And it's usually attributed to um, a either lack of exercise or poor diet. Again, there's exceptions. Mm-hmm. Not all the time, but that's mm-hmm. usually what you think of. Type 1 is very different. Um, I was a very active kid in soccer, sports, things like that. And my pancreas just decided to give up on me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was in 7th grade. I was 12. And I just had gotten... Uh, really sick uh, one day and I was not getting any better I had all the classic symptoms Mm. Um, I was losing a lot of weight very very quickly not trying to lose weight and I was very thirsty and so took me to the hospital my blood sugar was I think it was over a thousand at that point and it's not supposed to really be over 130 150 wow so yeah your girl was dying for sure Um, and so that was a really scary time Um, I remember not really knowing what it was. Mm -hmm. Um, They had told me when I was in the ICU over Christmas. And they were trying to, you know, teach me about something that was now going to take over my life. In like almost every single way. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but I I heard them but it took me a really long time to really understand exactly uh, the ways that it would impact mm-hmm. my social life, mm-hmm. my academic life, mm-hmm. my faith, mm-hmm. um, any type of relationship, yeah. platonic, romantic, doesn't matter, yeah. you know, yeah. um, how it would kind of seep into all of these different yeah. areas. And it was really hard for me, at least at first, to accept that I'm still just Janae and not just Janae with diabetes because that's very much how I felt Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. with the initial diagnosis. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. What has been um, the most difficult part of your chronic illness? Being a young woman now, but you know, you've graduated college, she's getting her master's, y'all, but got through that part of life. You've been a Christian for a while now. What has been the most difficult Hmm. I think the most difficult part has been incorporating it into who I am without it overwhelming Mm -hmm. who I am. Mm -hmm. You know, having it just be a part Mm -hmm. of who I am, just like I'm also a woman. I'm also black, but Mm -hmm. I am a black woman, Mm -hmm. you know, incorporating Mm -hmm. all of those different identities that I now, you know... It was forced on me, you know, as a lot of identities are, you know, we don't get to choose a lot of our identities, Mm -hmm. um, that I now am someone who, you know, my body doesn't work the same. And I think having to really come to terms with the fact that it's either I quote, get it together or my life is impacted in so many ways. You hear all those scary stories about diabetics losing their limbs and their eyesight, Mm -hmm. not being able to have kids. Mm -hmm. All of these scary stories Mm -hmm. were now my Mm -hmm. life Mm -hmm. um, if I didn't step up and become an adult when I was 12, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think that was the biggest thing was um, having it be something that is something that I have to deal with but not have it overwhelm me to the point where... I'm just kind of frozen. Right. Like having my life, con- I guess the best way to say it is having my life continue. Yeah. Um, but riding the wave. Right. You know? Right. Wow. Yeah. That's tough. I can't imagine, like you said, being 12 years old and you're over Christmas break and you're hearing they're trying to rattle it all off to right. you. Like, this is what your life's going to be like now. And you're like, Uh, you know I'm just trying to quench my thirst right now you're just trying to just trying to make it through but I'm really proud of you because without you being responsible you wouldn't be as healthy as you are today and as solid as you are in your faith and able to take on anything that comes your way had you been lazy and not responsible so I'm really proud of you for that how has your chronic illness um affected your faith um I that's a super loaded question only because you know this was kind of a a, what's the word like a pinnacle moment for me Mm -hmm. Um, when I was diagnosed I was baptized very young I was 14 in Mm -hmm. the eighth grade and so Mm -hmm. when I was 12 um I was just about to turn 13 Mm -hmm. and so I at that point was figuring out God Mm -hmm. and how, you know, he fit into my life Mm -hmm. and how I fit into his Mm -hmm. overall, Mm -hmm. you know, plan and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. If I did, Mm -hmm. you know, if I wanted that for myself. Mm -hmm. And so 
you know, when I was diagnosed, I was so angry. Mm. I remember the first, it's been, let's see, I was 12, 20, it's been about 12 years now. And I remember when I first was diagnosed, those first, honestly, like maybe eight or nine years, Mm. um, up until the time that like I was already in college, December 23rd is my, we call it like a diversary, (laughs) diabetes anniversary. And my family knew I, at one point, usually in the evening, I would, this is embarrassing, I would lock myself in my room Mm. and turn all the lights off and literally just scream cry. Mm. And it was a mixture of, sorry, it was a mixture of praying, it was a mixture of um, yelling and because that, you know, at that point in my faith, you know, I was kind of scared of God still. Yeah. You know, I was young and I was kind of scared of God. um, So I didn't want him to think I was too mad at him right just enough but just enough to know that I was not okay yeah yeah and there were so many I was very needle phobic got over mm-hmm. that really quick yeah. <laughs> now yeah. I'm you know if I'm at the doctor's I'll I want to do it myself you yeah. know yeah. um yeah and stuff like that and so I just remember I already felt so othered by the world. Just the fact that, you know, I'm a woman and I'm black, but I'm mixed. And so I don't really fit into all of these. I'm black and white, by the way. Mm -hmm. You can't see me. I am black and white. And so raised by a white mother in a predominantly uh, white and Asian demographic. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I just was othered my entire life. I didn't look like everybody else. I, you know... I didn't act like everybody else. I have a single mom who is very strong. And Mm -hmm. my older sister was an example of that strength and stuff. And so I've always had that kind of personality. And so this just, to me, felt like another way that God was making me an other. Right. And I didn't see the beauty of everybody kind of being their Mm -hmm. own version of other, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so I was so angry and Mm -hmm. very confused Mm -hmm. because... The God that I was taught uh, did not other people. Right. And he did not exclude. Mm -hmm. You know, there was no secret club. Right. That you needed to be a part of in order to um, be loved by him. Right. And so I just, I didn't understand and none of my peers understood because how could they? Right. Um, Right. And so that was kind of the beginning for me was, and it was, again, years. It wasn't like a quick okay this is God's plan Mm -hmm. that's just not how life works and it's not how I work at all Um, so it was a lot to process and um, I just remember again it wasn't something that I embraced about myself it was Mm -hmm. something I wouldn't give myself injections Mm -hmm. in public Mm -hmm. because I was so embarrassed and it was something that was Mm -hmm. gross to me Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. of the stares and the looks Mm -hmm. that I got of people that Mm -hmm. were just for lack of a better word, just ignorant about the situation. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so as it progressed and I got into college, um, I started meeting people actually who also had um, different illnesses. Mm-hmm. And it was something that bonded us. Yeah. And there was, for the first time, there was something good that came out of it. Mm-hmm. And I remember being like, okay, so this is something that's good. Mm-hmm. I know that God is the creator of everything that's mm-hmm. good, so God mm-hmm. must have yep. a hand in this. 100%. Um, yeah. And that's what kind of turned it for me. Yeah. And these, you know, diversaries that yeah. I had every year, instead of my family now having to tiptoe, mm-hmm. um, 
it's something that we celebrated of amen god yeah. saved my life yes um, yes and that again was not the, that was not, not the, the consensus point. at it the beginning the yeah no it was not at all and it kind of it, it turned into something that was kind of beautiful in a way that i can relate to people yeah. just like i was you know ashamed of um my blackness when I was younger because right. of the demographic and all of that mm-hmm. that I mm-hmm. was in and now it's something that is so beautiful yes. and yes. celebratory yes, and connects me to so right. many people right. in ways that right. nothing else could yeah. you know so in the same way with diabetes I there's a com- there's a community yeah now I'm probably like yeah no I'm part robot I have all these <laughs> tubes coming out of me and yeah. sensors and yeah. rods in yeah. me yeah. and stuff yeah. uh, to keep me alive but right. You know, I work harder than most people to just mm-hmm. stay alive and do basic functions. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I just think that that is something that is cause for celebration now. Yeah, it really is. It really, really is. And I know that there are people that I know personally and a lot of people who are battling chronic illness. And I appreciate what you're saying and I love the turnaround you had because the Bible does teach us that only good comes from God. And when bad things happen, we forget that we live in a fallen world, that God is not out to get us, and that God is only a giver of good gifts, right? And so illness, your illness is not from, it's not like he is, we, he has not done this to you. Right. It is something that has happened, and sometimes we, we can't see him through it, right? Um, and there are lots of people who are diagnosed with lots of diseases, illnesses, and then there's the level of chronic where it's for the rest of your life all the time. And sometimes you battle alone or you battle in secret. Similar right. to what you said about like being embarrassed, not wanting people to know how it affects every part of your life. And there are people that I know and people who are listening who are probably in the same boat, right? And um, what helps you in your dark days? Because there's going to be times and seasons where things are going good, all the numbers are lining up, right. you know, glory be to God, you and your best, the best <laughs> season, you know, and everything's working out great. But then there are these dark days. Who do you talk to and how do you overcome the feelings of being overwhelmed, lonely, angry, disheartened because of the effects that your disease is having on you at that time? Yeah. Um, I mean... First and foremost, I don't hide when I'm angry at God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, you know, when you're younger and you have a fear of God, and even when you become an adult, it's something that I've had to just get over, (laughs) you know? Um, Mm -hmm. And he always has a way of comforting me, Mm -hmm. you know? And But I think also, um, also practically, my friends do not distance themselves Mm -hmm. from Mm -hmm. my disease. Mm -hmm. I remember I had a friend, um, Kylie, Mm -hmm. (laughs) who you know, and Mm -hmm. when I was diagnosed, I was, again, like I said, so embarrassed Mm -hmm. to uh, prick my finger and test my blood sugar in public Mm -hmm. before I had my, you know, glucose monitor. Mm -hmm. And every single time she was with me, she would also prick her finger. Every single time. Not me getting emotional again. Oh my goodness. You got me getting emotional. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, we would count the carbohydrates for my meal and for her meal. Yeah. You know, um, to see how much, you know, insulin she would have to give herself and how much I'd have to give myself. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And she did that for 
months wow. and months wow. and months yeah. after my diagnosis. And I have friends that continue to do the exact same thing, not in a literal way, because I also yeah. don't have to prick my finger anymore, yeah. um, but in a very real way of not distancing yeah. themselves yeah. Um, from me. It's not something that um, separates us. They're not afraid to ask questions. They're not afraid to pose their opinions in a respectful way, because yeah. there is a way to do that. Yeah. It's a whole yeah. other conversation, yeah. you know, but they very much meet me exactly where you know i am they're not afraid to touch my you know tubes they're not yeah. afraid to you yeah. know hey can you hold my my pump yeah and they're not afraid to do all of that yeah. and yeah um it goes a long way when someone takes your um pain personally yeah you know yeah um i think that just seeps into so many things of yeah that when you take someone else's pain personally yeah you know it hits different and you're able to connect with them in a way that you weren't able to before and so I I guess my answer to the question is I have friends that take my uh my pain and my disease and lifestyle very personally Mm, and so I you know my my mother the same way you know she familiar familiarizes herself yeah with all of the lingo all the technology mm-hmm. so do all of my friends mm-hmm. and so it's not just something that I have you know obviously I have to deal with it right, and the, right. the brunt of it but it's something that we all you yeah. know have together yeah and instead of again being lonely and right, right. scream crying in the right. dark you know <laughs> yeah um yeah I don't do that and sometimes I still have to scream cry but mm-hmm. they scream cry with me yeah you know yeah um and it's just really really special yeah so I think that's my darkest days and also it's just you just got to get through it sometimes yeah. you know yeah. because it's not it's it gets it can be super super hard but you have to just get it done yeah you know I appreciate what you're saying and I think it's so important to have a community that you share I know like I mentioned before like many people suffer in silence and they whether it's their insecurity their fear their shame nobody's gonna understand and it's true right people may not understand right um but that that's when we can educate one another I love what you share about Kylie being a young she was what 12 years old she herself. was also 12 yes and that she decided i'm gonna prick myself i'm gonna count my carbohydrates what what wisdom at 12 years old that was a but spirit for because, sure yeah and that's what you needed you yeah. would have never been like oh and by the way since i'm pricking myself absolutely I'm prick you. you would have never but in her her love for you and in yeah. the companionship you guys shared her heart was compelled i'm gonna go through this with you and I think we all need a community, especially something like this where you're battling an illness to know that people love you and that they're there for you. And if you're listening and you know someone who has a chronic illness or you notice who's ill all the time, reach out. Don't cast judgment about them not doing what you think they should be doing or that they're not at a place that you think they should be at physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, but lend an extending hand and ask more questions. And if you find out that they're ill Educate yourself. Mm-hmm. Let's be a Kylie. That's our new movement. <laughs> there you right? go. We can learn from a 12-year-old compassion, love, inclusivity. Um, 
Yeah. So I wanted to ask you, how have you seen God through it all? Because you obviously found out at 12 years old, it's 12 years later, and you've gone through this journey of anger, whether it was resentment, bitterness, and then you're feeling better. And like you said, it affects every area of your life. How have you seen God through it all? Yeah, I think, like I had shared at the beginning, I felt very othered kind of my entire life Mm -hmm. in so many different ways, uh, more than I even, you know, shared. And I think that, again, I think Satan really tried to use this to other me further. Mm, Yeah. Um, But I really think that with this, with the people that I've been able to be connected to, Mm -hmm. and um, I have a best friend, and she and her husband live in Texas, Mm -hmm. and she um, also has a chronic illness. Mm -hmm. It's undiagnosed. We don't really know what, you Mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. Um, But she will wake up in pain sometimes Mm -hmm. and be so tired and... Mm -hmm. That's just something that we now, I would have never been, you know, we never would have been connected in that way of like, you know what, my body betrays me too, you know, like I'm tired for no reason sometimes Mm -hmm. and it's just my Mm -hmm. body trying to work itself out. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that God has definitely used this in order to, I think, really have me see the humanity in people and to really um, connect with I, I understand pain very, very yeah. um, mm-hmm. intimately. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say more than a majority of people, yeah. only just because of my life experiences right. and diabetes is part yeah. of that. Yeah. And I think something there's something very, very special and it helps me to be very intimate with God when you understand pain yeah. and you're able to empathize with other people's pain. Yeah. You know, and so I... I don't know, man. I am grateful for that aspect of um, it's helped me in different areas of my life. Mm -hmm. And again, it's helped me to really relate and love people, which is all God really calls us to do is to love other people. And I think I, again, felt so othered and like weak, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and I feel so capable now being yeah. like I've kept myself alive yes, you know girl. when my body's literally trying to kill me at right. every single second of the day right. it really is right. the cells are attacking each other yeah and I've kept myself alive and thriving now right you know for how long and I'm gonna continue to do that yeah um yeah because God wants me here because it was so easy for me they gave me 48 hours if I didn't go into the hospital when I did wow And I was like, okay, God wants, like, Satan does not want me here, obviously, Mm -hmm. but God does. And Mm -hmm. that is so kind of scary, powerful. Yes, it is. What would you say are things that you should not say to someone who has a chronic illness? Right. That is a really good question that I feel like so many people need to ask. Um, I cannot speak for all chronic illnesses across the board Mm -hmm. um so for me what has not been helpful um is people uh generalizing Mm -hmm. um me and my illness Mm -hmm. um i think people who are not educated Mm -hmm. and um i've had friends reach out and tell me the new herb Mm -hmm. that will cure my diabetes Mm -hmm. um and then as i you know trying to be gentle say you know 
there is not an herb that can, you know, like cure this mm-hmm. and stuff. And I've actually been in arguments with people with that. Um, so I think just knowing your lane to yeah. stay in, yeah. you know, I think there's mm-hmm. a difference between I understand exactly what you're going through and yeah. then being empathetic. Yep. And so definitely lean on the side of being empathetic. Yeah. Um, it was very embarrassing for me and still can be sometimes mm-hmm. um, to talk about diabetes. I used to not even want to say diabetes mm-hmm. because I know what people think. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and when you're, a, you know, a, going into a teenager yes. and you're like diabetes yeah. and all of that that comes with it. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. You're figuring out your body. You're insecure already just because right. that's what comes with being a teenager. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, it was helpful for me when my friends would learn the lingo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they would say diabetes. Um, my best friend, you know, she'll tell me she's like, I smell insulin. Because, you know, sometimes yeah. it'll it'll leak. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes she's mm-hmm. like, I smell insulin. You know, is that your pump? And it when you familiarize yourself yes. with somebody yeah. else's disease, mm-hmm. and that's what I mean by, yeah. like, their pain becoming your pain, yeah. um, it makes it's so much more of an intimate connection with between friends and family um and it's something that is so special yeah um but it makes me feel seen it makes me feel heard and stuff but i think top two is staying in your lane and again participating in somebody else's pain by making it personal participate pain personal (laughs) you know three don't forget it it's a it's a really big deal and making somebody feel comfortable and not embarrassed about the different lingos not everybody's chronic illness is as put in like a little bow as diabetes is you know Mm -hmm. um so i would say um just familiarizing yourself yeah thank you and what advice would you give to someone who was recently diagnosed has had a diagnosis for a long time and is just suffering in silence and doesn't have a community and is just feeling weak in their faith or weak in life Um, discouraged dismayed what would you say to that person yeah I think that there is absolute power in church family and all of that however I will say that there is power and God can be found outside of the church in Mm -hmm. a community of people that understand your illness Mm -hmm. in particular yeah Mm -hmm. so I think I would just encourage you to even just Google, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, different groups. You, you don't even have to meet in person, just mm-hmm. online and just reading what people have to say, yeah. even if you mm-hmm. don't start with, you know, wanting to communicate, but mm-hmm. just reading what other people mm-hmm. who also deal with whatever you're dealing with yeah. have to say about it. Yeah. You know, I think there's comfort there. I think also just to know that you're not the only one who feels alone mm-hmm. and there's a community in that. Mm-hmm. That you are not the only one. Unfortunately, you won't be the last, but you're for sure not the first. Yeah. You know? Um, and then I would, you know, I would say to pick a person, you yeah. know, that mm-hmm. really, that you think would really want to participate, you yeah. know, in your pain. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for everything you shared. I feel a little more educated and hearing your story 
makes me feel closer to you. And so thank you so much for sharing. And I hope that this will help those who are listening, whether they're battling chronic illness themselves, or they know someone who knows someone who knows someone, um, just to stay rooted in God and to stay faithful. And to me, hearing you, it's like, just go through the journey. Yeah. God is with you. Only good comes from him. This does not define you. Um, and he will see you through. And the importance of community through it, throughout it all. So, yeah. If I could say one more thing. Yes. I'm so sorry. No, if I could yes. advocate, advocate for um, professional help when it comes to... There's just statistics on those with chronic illnesses mm-hmm. um, going mm-hmm. through depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, something that I've had to go to therapy for mm-hmm. um, numerous times. Mm-hmm. And it really does make a difference yeah. in um, how you take care of yourself. Yeah. Um, and you feeling like you're worth it to take care of yourself in the first place and so I would love to advocate for um just to again get uh professional help Mm -hmm. church is fantastic Mm -hmm. every you know there are so many wise people but um somebody who went to school Mm -hmm. for this and Mm -hmm. can understand that at that um professional educated level yeah um is just something that's different and it's something that God put here for us to use yeah um, a lot of smart people mm-hmm. <laughs> they, that he put mm-hmm. on this planet for us to use. And mm-hmm. so I think if you're really at a point where you just have, you don't know where to go at all, whether mm-hmm. it's a, a church community or not, mm-hmm. um, I would really advocate for you to figure out some type of maybe therapy situation, professional therapy situation to uh, get you started. Yes. Thank you for sharing <laughs> that. That is so important. Thank you for joining me. And until next time. <laughs>